Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventure. Thanks for listening. Luke 18. You know, what's interesting about the beginning of this chapter is that it reminds me of last Monday. I know. It is The persistence of prayer. It is. Last week, Jesus was Mm -hmm. teaching us, like, ask, seek, Mm -hmm. knock, bang on the door. Mm -hmm. If you need bread, go get it from your neighbor. Yeah. Here again, Jesus tells a parable of um, a persistent widow who keeps on showing up. And literally, verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Mm -hmm. So as we talked about it last week briefly, Mm -hmm. we're reading it again. What came to my mind was I think sometimes my prayers are Amazon Prime prayers. Tell me about that. Break that down. I prayed it, and in 24 to 48 hours... (laughs) Delivery. I need it. I prayed the prayer. Yeah. And when it exceeds right. that, like a, a, a short amount of time, whether yeah. it's a couple of days or it's even a couple of weeks, I can become discouraged. But when yeah. I read the Bible, I see not only years, lifetimes, transpire, century, but yeah. decades. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Joseph. Hmm. I'm thinking about 400 years of people waiting in between the, the testaments from Old Testament to New Testament. I'm thinking about even three years of Jesus in his ministry. I mean, John the Baptist preparing the way. Who knows how long that guy was Zachary up Zachary and Elizabeth, there. we're in the Christmas season. They yeah. are barren. They, Simeon they and Anna yeah. waiting for their eyes to mm-hmm. see the, this promised Messiah. Yeah. Um, and Anna, I don't, ha- I don't have it on the top of my head, but I remember it saying she was married. She died. Her husband died. Widowed, and yeah. then she was widowed and was there for like, I don't know, 80 years or something. Well, she or was like at the temple worshiping and praying. Yes. Like yeah. she's there every for, day. Every day for years yeah. praying. Mm-hmm. So I'm challenged to revisit like my persistence in prayer. Hmm. <laughs> How do I define persistence in terms of a timeline? Like yeah. I prayed it four times, mm-hmm. answered my prayer, or do I need to pray mm-hmm. daily, multiple, multiple times a day for mm-hmm months, years, decades. Like that's just a challenging word for it myself. I'm like, I gotta revisit this whole prayer thing. Cause the whole credit mm-hmm. card, Amazon prime prayer life. I know that's a good analogy. Crept into my spirituality. What stuck out to me of with the story was at the end where, um, so the judge grants the wishes, but then at the end, the Lord said, listen, um, number s- verse seven, and will not mm-hmm. God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night again, assurance that God will answer prayers. Will he keep putting them off? Verse eight, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? That is interesting to me. Mm. And so our, that question at the end, I think is like one of the differences from the last Monday podcast and this one saying like, not only is this an invitation to keep praying, but it's also a question of examine. Like what kind of faith are we working with here? Hmm. Do we have the kind of faith that is loyal to ask God things repeatedly? Do we have the kind of faith that perseveres in prayer? What kind of faith is the son of man going to find? And I think it's just a good, like, so you said it in a different way too, that this is just a top to just a spot to just stop and examine and say, okay, Lord, this is an invitation right now. What kind of faith? Let me examine, you know? And so we've talked about our chalkboards at home. We've talked about journals. We've talked about sending alarm on your phone, but you and I both have those things that whether it's a person, a health thing, some kind of illness, a, some kind of dream, future thing, job, yeah. you have those things that it's not hard 
to remember it. It's not hard because it's there. It's a longing. It's a wanting. It's a yearning for. So let's keep that yearning and let's redirect. Let's put it at the feet of the cross. Let's redirect it to God. Let's keep every time when that comes up, when that comes up, that longing, that yearning, that person's face, that call, that whatever, we hand it over to God. We give it to God. Mm -hmm. We give it to God. And then in that continual yielding, that is showing faith. That's saying, God, we trust you. God, we know you can handle it. God, we trust that you're listening. God, you're, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that question. I know what you're saying. You're sponging what I'm spilling picking up what you're putting down (laughs) it stuck out to me you guys is when the son of man's return uh will he find faith let's move on keep going okay parable of the pharisee and the tax collector Mm -hmm. uh, is verse 9 through 14 and what stood out to me here yeah is really i feel like this is a picture of a political arena today Hmm. the the pharisee okay thank god i'm not like other people Hmm. them Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, right. or even like this tax right. collector over here. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth mm. of all I get. Mm-hmm. There's so much clickbait out there. It's just reeling people in to say like, they're the problem where time and time again, scripture yeah. is calling us to look at the plank in our own eye mm. before we look at the speck of sawdust in somebody else's eye. And that's what Jesus teaches them in this parable. He says, you got to start by looking at yourself. Mm. Don't get caught up in the rage. Yep. Looking at everybody else. If we all examined ourselves, mm. this world would be at a much better place, a mm-hmm. place to be in. Mm-hmm. Verse 13, but the tax collector then stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, mm. but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, mm-hmm. a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, yeah. and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's an encouraging word for us. Mm-hmm. Um, to continue to live out when there's dreams and desires are good, aspirations are important. You got to have a vision and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a idea of where you want to go mm-hmm. spiritually, financially, vocationally, mm-hmm. all these things with your family. But when pride creeps in. The whole pride comes before the fall is a real thing. Yeah, because it's interesting. Jesus is saying this in verse nine to some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down. And so whether or not, you know, I don't know what it looks like for you, finances or status or that kind of thing, but whether or not it's fitting this example directly, like where is your confidence when it comes to your righteousness? And so is it in my own works? Is it in my own effort? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing it, you know, because there's that song. I can't think of it right now. Um, anyway, my hope, uh, California girls do, do, do. <laughs> no. surfing USA. Anyway, it talks about how our hope is in, in our right, in our righteousness. And it's talking about Jesus anyway, but that came to my mind when we were reading this is that first initial line is mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is a good word, um, for an examination of what, like, what do we have confidence in, in our own earnings here or yeah. in, in grace that's extended to us, okay. you guys. So that is kind of transitioning us because that was talking about humility and you know, how you'll be exalted when you're and you, yeah, you, low. You had some thoughts kind of about the next part with the children and Jesus. Well, this just resonates me because this is where I'm at in life. And so this is like another, just this, these are humble. This is a humble spot to be with the meek, which is like, you know, kids is literally can you describe the, that? The, the most meek. So like people, so people at these. church that like work with like, God bless you guys. Thanks so much from high school to junior high to kids club down to nursery Sunday school. We, our family has been blessed by you. Emmanuel Church, 
Emmanuel Church is not Emmanuel Church without the people that we have serving, um, directing, but also just stepping in and yeah. volunteering. It's phenomenal. Well, so there, thank there, you. There wouldn't be a couples ministry. There wouldn't. Half of the men and women Date in the night. Bible studies day wouldn't be there if their kids didn't have someone to walk with them VBS. and disciple them. Yeah. So it's huge. It's huge. And just, I feel like the way, so one of the statistics that I kind of like heard about was from the national associates of evangelicals something, but it was, it was over a large group and it said 63% of Christians say that they became Christians from the age of four to 14. Mm. That is huge because not only are they in our homes when they're four to 14, but hopefully they're plugged in at church. And so I just, this really resonated to me because Jesus, like people are bringing them. So we got adults, you know, people bringing babies for them to be touched by Jesus. And then Jesus literally said, Jesus calls it, you know, he's the disciples are rebuking those people. And Jesus is like straight up, like, what are you doing? Like, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So not only like, we, we need kids to be in the house of the Lord. And there's this thing that's like, if you, you know, if you have a heart that's open to like messiness and, or like, you know, the loud cry or, you know, it can be distracting and and all that. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. It's true. It can be, I live in it. It is. Or we can see it as an opportunity to bless and say, man, look at that mom. She's got that kid here or those multiple kids and she's alone. God bless her or an encouraging word like that. And I just think we need to bless people who are getting their kids. And if you're however old, teenage, high school, whatever, you are literally Mm. living unto the Lord by directing your kids to Jesus. Just that yeah. act of like talking and directing yeah. what you want to chime yeah, in at and, and just know that some of the fruit of that growth and development might not be fully seen or experienced until decades later. Totally. Because you think about it, someone's becoming a Christian between the ages of what was it, four and 14, 63% of people. Well, right. That's what then, they say they like, you think about, a Christian. Yeah. Again, like uh, elders at our church or deacons or directors totally. or couples ministry leaders or men's and women's small group leaders. Uh, like those people aren't here mm-hmm. unless someone walk with them most likely for the majority of them for sure in that first 14 years of life. Yeah. And so it's, Hey, keep pouring in, loving the kids, mm-hmm. discipling, pointing them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw, I was, ta- I was thinking about this the other day too, two things. One for like middle school and high school kids, just reexamining, mm-hmm. I forget what classes we took. It's been so long ago. Probably. But like trigonometry and some of these like, yeah, those classes were not for me, Um, but (laughs) the trigonometry classes and these like high level biology and A and P classes, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like kids are smart. Like they have the ability to retain and learn and study and comprehend big things, like deep, big things that go over your pastor's head. So it's a, I should not limit what I expect of them spiritually. Mm, interesting. And mm. then you go back to the Jewish tradition. These little kids would memorize oh, the yeah. entire Old Testament Chunks. or the Torah, which is mm. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, like the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. They'd memorize it. By the time they're like five, six, yeah. seven years old. Now take it a step further and look at what's in those books. Oh, yeah. There's Sodom and Gomorrah. There's homosexuality. There's murder. There's betrayal. There's polygamy, which doesn't end well. It's not God's desire. And imagine five, six, seven-year-olds reading this and trying to make sense of it. They did it. And so for us, as we're reading Mm. like the Action Bible, we have one one of our Bibles is the Action Bible. It's got some of that in it. And even Kevin DeYoung's Bible that we just read with the kids. I'm not even sure what it's called. The Family Bible or something. Mm -hmm. Big fat book by Kevin DeYoung. Highly recommend 
he included some some more difficult stories that yeah. provided us good conversation. Mm-hmm. We're talking with the kids about this and like wh- who is God and who are people and mm-hmm. why this happened. And I think all this to be said, our youth can take on more spiritually mm. than at times I give them credit for mm. and need to address what's in here. Yeah. I think we just, you know, don't hinder so like when there's conversation, when there's opportunity, whether it's discipline mm-hmm. or blessing or whatever it might be, when there's opportunity, speak Jesus into that. Yeah. Because then he finishes and he just says this too. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter. So not only, not only bless and lead, but then be like them, like exemplify them in their, you know, willingness to learn these in their frank openness, like, okay, explain yeah. this to me. What does this mean? And in their, in their, in their desire. So we accept the kingdom, this free gift like a child. And so yeah. not only, you know, we're, we're walking together hand in hand, they're teaching us, um, as we're parented by God and parenting them. It's just that it's a circle of grace yeah. and love. And so that okay. was just a huge, you know, takeaway for you, me, this chapter. You want to pick one more thing and I'll take one more thing and we'll call it a day. Uh, sure. Um, you guys, guys, I don't know. There's a lot here. I think that my, another main takeaway is just, um, you know, the rich young ruler story resonates with me. There's so many things to say about it. Um, uh, what really, I guess my main takeaway this time was that this was a good guy. Like this was a guy who he, he knew Torah. He was, he was keeping the commands he knew and Jesus knowing his heart still called him to lay down and surrender everything. And so I think that, um, someone gave the word picture. I think it was Debbie Steiner. If you're listening to this, Debbie, this was years ago. And she gave me the picture as a more mature woman in faith that she said, you know, sometimes I don't realize that I have these roller bags behind me that I'm walking in my Christian walk with. And I don't realize it until there's an invitation for me to revisit and say, what's in there and unpack something else. And so what's, sticking out to me in this story is Jesus knowing the heart and knowing the mind of the rich young ruler invites him to say, Hey, I think there's something else in the luggage that you're carrying. I want you to walk in freedom, but you're carrying this luggage. You're carrying the the weight of this greed and this money, and there's great capacity for it in the kingdom of God, but you're holding on to it too tightly. You're holding on to this luggage. So let's unzip it and give it to me so I can, and he doesn't, and he walks away. Mm. And so I just had that visual reading this, um, what luggage am I, you know, my roller bagging with and where is the Lord inviting me to walk in freedom and to surrender and hand it over? Um, because that's a continual, you know, as we're in our sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, there's still roller bags that are just getting smaller that we're unzipping saying, here you go. And we're surrendering over to the Lord. Um, that's what got to me. Okay. That's what got to you. Yeah. The last thing I'll add is a little bit about blind Bartimaeus. The last couple of verses, this okay. chapter began talking about persistence and then blind Bartimaeus really lives out an act of persistence here. Verse 38, he heard that Jesus was here. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then those mm. who led the way rebuked him, told him to be quiet. Like talk about peer pressure. Yeah. You're, you're a blind guy who can't see what's going on and people are shouting at you, telling you to be quiet uh, Yeah. and probably other things. Mm-hmm. And he shouted all the more, mm. son of David, have mercy on me. And so as we talked about prayer last Monday and we talked about the persistent widow here today, and then we're ending with blind Bartimaeus, Mm -hmm. it's like, how badly do I want the things of God? Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of us need to pray, God, I want you, I want to want these things. I don't even want them. I want to pray that you would change my heart. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, we do have like godly desires, but we have to, uh, 
approach them more aggressively, fervently, mm. persistently. Mm-hmm. Like grab the bull by the horns and say, I'm going for this. Mm. They're telling this guy to shut up and you're, you're annoying mm. and you're, you're, he can't even hear you. Be quiet. And mm-hmm. he shouted all the louder. Right. Because the heart of God here, again, is what Jesus says to him. He comes up to him in verse 41 and says, what yeah. do you want me to do for you? Mm. Now, again, there, there are doubts that creep up in our hearts. We're like, well, what if my prayer is not answered? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Put it on God. That's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask. I'm going to dream. I'm going to go for it. And God, if you don't want to answer that prayer for your glory, then I trust that I you have something you. good. Yeah. And that's on you. But all of these are definitely encouraging, telling us, ask. Keep asking. And ask again. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so maybe we need to spend time just revisiting what is it that we're longing for, asking <laughs> yeah. for. What should we want for? What mm. should we long for? Mm-hmm. These kind of things. So it began and ended with persistence. Yeah. And yes. aggressively pursuing the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that's that's my word for me. That's a good word. Hey, you guys, that's our prayer for you this Christmas. We're not going to be talking to you on the podcast anymore, but our earnest and aggressive and bold prayer for you is that this Christmas would be one of deep worship and intimacy with the Lord where Jesus and his life and his name are lifted high in your family. So God bless you. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.